0: Hey everyone, it's that time of year again where all of us pretend to be surprised at how early the holidays are coming, mostly because we don't want to have to start Christmas shopping yet. Well, it's October now, the month of Halloween, or All Hallows' Eve, or Halloween, if you've ever seen it spelled with that random apostrophe towards the end. Today I'm listing off the top seven books that have scared me, and this is The Book Pile, a comedy podcast about the best of books and the worst of books. If you're new to the podcast, welcome! Also, if this really is your first episode, uh, may I also recommend checking out an episode where my co-host David Vance is present. A couple of my favorites are episode 124, when we roasted the novelization of the movie Transformers, and episode 119, where we discuss Elton John's autobiography. What a crazy ride that book is. Anyway, I'm Kellen Ersk, and I'm a comic, a father... And my own father and mother used to scare me and my siblings jumping out from behind doorways and growling. And I thought it was fun. But I also thought that everyone else in the world would think it was fun. And Then I grew up and discovered that not all roommates and wives think it's fun. As usual, if you enjoy the podcast, please feel free to subscribe and also leave us a review. It helps us out a ton. We're trying to get to 500 by the end of the week. And I think we only have five or six more to go. And by we, I of course mean me and Dave Vance, my co-host, who will be back next week uh, when we discuss the novel *Sphere*, which I recently ranked as my favorite Michael Crichton book. Uh, it combines Crichton's real-life science facts with an underwater who done it or what done it, plus maybe time travel, plus maybe killer squids. Uh, there's going to be spoilers in that episode, so if you've been planning on reading or listening to it, maybe check it out this week. Uh, and if you want to check me out this week and see me perform live, I'm going to be in Pleasanton, California, October 13th. Uh, and then Provo, Utah, this Saturday, October 14th, to tape my next Dry Bar special. Two shows. Uh, first is sold out. Second one is going to quickly. So get your tickets soon. And then, of course, I'm going to be in Des Moines, Iowa, December 8th through the 9th. I think I've been saying the 9th through the 10th for the past few months. Uh, But it is the 8th through the 9th. But, of course, you can get all that information, plus tickets, if you go to KellenErskine.com. So this list is going to be different from any other list that you can find online of the greatest horror books of all time or the top 50 scariest novels. Because, first of all, as I just mentioned, you can find those lists everywhere. I'm just making this one very personal. These are books that scared me during different stages of my life, so they're not all objectively scary if you're now 40 and reading them for the first time like me or 41 because you just lied about your age. And while I do enjoy being scared in controlled situations like roller coasters or eating too much at Taco Bell, I'm also a bit squeamish, so my list isn't that extreme with the exception of a Stephen King outing. Different things scare people on different levels, and I've got a pretty tight Venn diagram of preferences that really limit the books of this genre for me. If you can imagine a whole bunch of Venn circles connected to each other and labeled scary, but not too gory, nothing overtly sexual, go easy on the language, demon stuff, no thanks. That circle has a question and answer all inside it. And lastly... Nothing that has to do with kids being attacked or being the attackers. So, a lot of circles, tiny intersection, as you can imagine, after those filters, we're left with few books. And by the way, a couple of the books in today's list did not pass this whole test, which is why they're showing up in this episode, because they scared me in a way I didn't appreciate. All right, before we get to the list, just another reminder that we've got a Patreon if you'd like to support the podcast and get extra content. With a subscription comes a weekly bonus mini-episode, plus chats with other fans and me and Dave and more. If you want access to any or all of that, click the link in the description of this episode or go to patreon.com slash thebookpile or search for The Book Pile on the Patreon app, which they actually updated last week, and it's even more beautiful and user-friendly than ever. Finally, if you don't want to join the Patreon but would still like to support the podcast just once and only once, I've got a list of links to the books that I'm about to rattle off, and those are also all located in the description of this episode. Most of these are available on hardback, paperback, Kindle, and Audible. Try Audible free if you're a new subscriber. I tried to say that in parentheses. All right, without further ado, here are the top seven books that have scared me. Number seven, Bram Stoker's Dracula... The Pictorial Movie Book. So this is a book full of pictures of the production of the nineteen ninety-two film Bram Stoker's Dracula. Am I saying that right? I just realized I don't think I've ever said Bram out loud. Bram? Bram sounds like a very American way to say it. Bram Stoker. I'm sure it's Bram. I'll just say a mixture of the two so that you can't tell. Bram Stoker's Dracula as a child at christmas time i saw this book at a bookstore and i perused it not knowing that books were allowed to have the types of images that this one has i saw a behind the scenes photo of apparently the film's like prosthetics artist holding up two severed heads by the hair that i guess he had just made and then i had to put my head between my knees as instructed by my father after i told him that the world was going black around the edges by the way, this is the only book on this list of which I have only read three pages. Number six, Garfield's Halloween Adventure. Before you start laughing, am I too late? I was six, or maybe eleven. The point is, and I would never admit this to Dave, who definitely doesn't listen to these uh, episodes I do by myself anyway... But I loved Garfield as a kid. I started to grow disenchanted with him as a teenager when I discovered that the original creator of Garfield, Jim Davis, eventually hired a huge team to produce Garfield to write and illustrate it. And I think I was always more in awe of people like Gary Larson or Bill Watterson who were solo acts. Sort of like me, today on this episode. Anyway, this book is one of the first examples that I can think of of being scared, but being okay with it once it was over. And for a quick thought-provoking tangent I, i do think that's a big difference between people who prefers to be scared and how i think there's two types and for the people like me who claim that we enjoy being scared i don't think we necessarily even love it in the moment i think it's more the rush of the aftermath the relief when everything is okay the moment after the jump scare it's it's almost like the joy of having just survived an air conditioning unit falling right next to you on a sidewalk in Manhattan, like that elation you get two seconds after the fact of oh I'm okay, oh, life is amazing. The other type of people they just don't like to be scared at all, I think that's the difference. There is a third type by the way, that the person who isn't phased by any scary horror movie. But those people don't count because they feel nothing. And if you want more info on those people, check out the episode that Dave and I did on the book, The Sociopath Next Door. Anyway, Garfield. It's primarily just one moment in this book when Garfield is walking down the street. He's passing trick-or-treaters and unmasking them because, I don't know, cats are douchebags. Suddenly, and without warning to the children like me reading it, Garfield pulls the sheet off a trick-or-treater who's dressed like a ghost and... There is nothing underneath it. Just air. Just scary air. I remember the first time I was reading that book. That's how much it affected me as a small child. It's a core memory now. So now, up there with my first t-ball game and balancing on a bike, is also turning a page and discovering that ghosts are real in Garfield's world. In addition to that, later, there's also a creepy old man sitting by a fire telling them this tale. There's pirate spirits who chase Garfield and Odie. All in all, nothing that you'd ever see in the Sunday Funnies version of Garfield, which is all I had read up to that point. Imagine you're reading The Family Circus, and suddenly Billy's eyes go back in his head and he levitates above his blankets. That's the kind of shock it gave me. There was no precedent set. Up to that point, the craziest thing I'd ever seen my favorite comic strip cat do was eat an entire 9x13 of lasagna. By the way, Mom, if you're listening to this and you still have a copy of Garfield's Halloween Adventure, they are currently selling on Amazon for $100. I'm guessing because it's rare? Because they didn't sell that many? Because they traumatized children who, up to that point, had just been in this to see a cat who hated Mondays for some reason. All right, I I promise the rest of these will be faster. I guess I've just been carrying all of that around for a while. Number five, Jane Eyre. I'm not putting this here to sound well-read or classy. I mean, I am, I just don't need to prove it. I'm including it because I had no idea when I started reading Jane Eyre that it had anything remotely scary. I knew nothing going into it. I honestly just started reading it for the first time as a teenager because I had recently discovered that I loved Jane Austen's writing and fully expected this to be the same genre of a will-they-won't-they Victorian rom-com full of witty quarrels and sitting room gossip, which it has. But then a creepy character just emerges out of nowhere and it is jarring. Especially if you didn't know it was coming. Which, I guess now you do. (laughs) I think it was just the unexpected genre twist that shocked me more than anything. And to be objective, to me personally, the last third of the novel fizzles because they settle everything with that scary character well before the book ends. As Dave would put it, it's a bit of a scouring of the Shire ending. Except with even less scouring. So I can't fully recommend Jane Eyre for scariness sake or even for the entire story. But if you're into Jane Austen slash Regency era novels, Charlotte Bronte has fantastic prose. I do love her writing and I revisit this one every few years. Just not necessarily at Halloween. Now on to number four, Jurassic Park. This one's here because of the impact it had on me when I was 12. Definitely too young to read it. But I'd seen it in the theaters and thought I was safe. I wasn't. The language in the novel is surprisingly PG-13, but the violence? A hard R. It scared me. But it wasn't like a supernatural fear or even a primal fear from like true crime stories. It was more just a like hands over my eyes but peeking between my fingers sort of fascination with the descriptions of what velociraptors were doing to people. Steven Spielberg skillfully leaves most of that up to our imagination in the film, but Crichton literally just spells it out. Number three, Skeleton Crew by Stephen King. Here's a book that did give me the heebie-jeebies as an adult, and no, I've never said heebie-jeebies in my life. Not sure where that came from. We did an episode on this one as well uh, as number 77. It's the only time that we have half roasted a book because this is a short story collection and a few of them are just bonkers like like one of them's a a tale of a milkman who puts weird stuff into his clientele's milk like spiders and poison gas and some people start to suspect him but they don't cancel their service because well he is the only milkman in town uh (laughs) what are you gonna do uh, but then there are stories like Grandma, about a reanimated grandmother. And boy, is it unsettling. It's like with King, everyone's scary either has to be really young or super old. If they're middle-aged, they at least have to be a clown or a dog. Those are the rules. Now, the scariest story in this book for me is called The Jaunt. It's sort of a sci-fi, portal, dimension-traveling story. And it's horror, but not primarily in like the physical, gory sense. Uh, I'm not trying to spoil it, partially, because I don't even really want to talk about it. Maybe consider checking it out. Unless you're the type who didn't even get a thrill about the AC unit uh, falling right next to you. Number two, coming in at second place, The Shining. So here's another king. The Shining has some genuinely frightening moments, even for me as a grown Very muscular, very brave man. If you're unfamiliar, it's essentially a haunted house story about the biggest haunted house ever. Uh, This family takes over maintenance of a massive hotel in Colorado during the off season, so they're completely alone. If you've ever felt just a little scared staying in a room of a Marriott by yourself, just imagine now there's no one in the entire building, including at the front desk. Anyway, it's suspenseful, atmospheric, maddening, creepy. And as I've mentioned before, Stephen King isn't famous for his great endings, but this one is his best out of the three full Stephen King novels I've read. Dave and I have also done an episode on this one, so check it out, episode 93. And this takes us to the number one book that scared me both as a child and as an adult, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. This is a three-book series— and if you're unfamiliar, these are collections of urban legends and folklore gathered and rewritten by Alvin Schwartz in the 1980s, illustrated by Stephen Gammel. And when I say that it still frightens me as an adult, it's really just the illustrations by Gammel that continue to give me the chills. In fact, the illustrations are partially why these books got banned by so many school libraries in the 90s. That and some of the crazy graphic violence. Some of it's worse than what velociraptors do to people. That being said, there's such a range to these stories because they'll go from one story where, not making this up, it's that story of a guy who calls himself the Viper outside a woman's home. She eventually opens the door and he reveals his occupation by saying, I've come to vipe your windows. The end. Boom. Whole story's a dad joke. But then a couple stories later is Herald, which is like Silence of the Lambs, but with a scarecrow. And it's like, geez, Alvin, pick a lane. And if you're wondering how I got a hold of these stories as a kid, I was homeschooled, and apparently my public library in 1993 was cool enough to not ban books. Though I kind of wish they had, (laughs) because maybe if they'd gone more 1984 with their policies, I would have been able to sleep better as a 12-year-old. Uh, Among a lot of the garbage stories in these books, uh, a couple notable mentions, I think, for good campfire stories with solid scares to me are first a story called Just Delicious, and another simply called Ah! It's like 14 A's and an H and an exclamation mark. And some of the more legitimately darkly beautiful illustrations in these books, if you want to check them out on Google Images without your kids, uh, are for the stories Thumpity Thump, one called The Black Dog, and another for a story called The Appointment. And this one, the image is like grim reaper on the ground reaching up toward the sky and then like a pickup truck flying like 20 feet over him with the headlights on and that's the thing while so many of these cheap stories are one-dimensional Stephen Gammel's illustrations give them depth and credibility and terror beyond what they deserve and to Gamel's credit I'm not a big fan of a lot of his illustrations but it is an example of someone who is great at what they do even though it's not always my cup of tea he It's definitely very uh, original and skilled at his, I believe they're like pencil and graphite drawings that just evoke this alternate dimension, sort of darkness and geometry. The most disturbing pictures, if you're having trouble staying awake at night and you want to torture your eyeballs, the most insane, scary pictures are to the stories, the dead hand, which the drawing doesn't even have a hand in it. But what's in it is so much worse. And oh, Susanna, it's just horrific chaos. It has nothing to do with the story. It looks like if Shel Silverstein only drew nightmares. All right. Before I get to the three honorable mentions, I just want to let you know that we want to know what scary books you've read. If you want to share, I'm sure a number of you can beat my list. And honestly, if you can think of a book or two that fits my very specific specifications that I listed at the beginning for a not-too-horrible horror, I'd love to hear what they are. Let us know on the Patreon. Now, some quick honorable mentions. First, Rebecca. Not overtly scary, just an effectively ominous atmosphere. Great to read once, but it didn't make my official list because it's a bit of a Jane Eyre ripoff. Second, The Strain. It's basically a reimagined vampire tale by Guillermo del Toro and some other guy. I never quite understand how these double-authored books are written. Are both guys just standing at the same typewriter, like, punching in every other word? Anyway, finally, welcome to Deadhouse. This is the first Goosebumps book, meaning the first in the series, and it's the only one that ever scared me as a kid, not to brag... It's definitely the most intense one. It's the only one where there's real graphic violence and a main character who dies. Apparently R.L. Stein was testing the waters for the alleged 9 to 11 age group he was aiming for and quickly realized not every fourth grader is Tim Burton. So he scaled things back a bit, wrote the next 60 books and sold 400 million of them. Thanks for listening. By the way, fun fact, Goosebumps is the second highest selling book series in history just behind Harry Potter. And speaking of Harry Potter, this week on the Patreon, you'll hear what some of Dave's scariest books are. And I promise you, they're very Dave. Also, I wasn't implying that the Harry Potter books are on Dave's scary list. I was just saying Harry Potter reminds me of Dave and vice versa. (laughs)